Nina, we have hopes and dreams and um, maybe even goals for our kids for the present and the future. What are some things that, that you think about when you think about our kiddos and, and their future? One of the big things that I think about when I'm looking at our kids' future is that I just truly want them to love the Lord their God, our God, with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so I just want, I want them to pursue him. I want them to run after him and, and, and just seek him all the days of their life. And you definitely hit on the uh, spiritual aspect of our, our desires and hopes for our kids. Um, in addition to that, when I think about our kiddos, I want them to be equipped to be adult versions of themselves in the future. They're, they're kiddos now. They're, they're not to that place yet. But, but when it's time for them to live life on their own, to have their own families, to make decisions. I want them to feel that they have been equipped well and that they're ready. And, you know, life takes a soft guard, definitely, right? Oh, yeah. But to the best of your and my ability, we've we've prepared them for what's next. I hope we can. I We can't prepare them for everything, but I want to try to prepare them for, you know, even just simple things like how to manage their money. How to change a tire. How, yeah, we haven't hit, we haven't actually done that yet with them, but, um, you know, just, yeah, any of those practical skills that they need to live on their own and to be adults in the world. Hey friends, welcome to the Encourage Inspire podcast. My name is Nina. And I'm Nathan. In this episode, we're talking about the things we do today and how they impact the future. But we're also talking about the success of today doesn't necessarily guarantee success in the future. This is kind of a tough topic, and we've been bouncing around a lot of ideas about this one. I agree. <laughs> it's been really interesting the last few days. So our passion is building faithful families. Thank you for walking alongside us as we share stories and talk about the lessons we are learning. If I'm not mistaken, Nina, um, we've talked about the difference between descriptive and prescriptive. And this is an idea that we have gotten from listening to the the Bible Recap podcast, which we recommend if you want to work through the Bible in a year. Something that's important about descriptive is it sounds like what it sounds like. It describes what is taking place. And you just said, thank you for walking alongside us as we share our stories like we're describing what's happening in our life. So sometimes when you hear from us, we're just stating what we've experienced and, and how we're living out life. But then the other side of things is prescriptive. Prescriptive is giving clear guidance, giving clear direction. And my hope, I think our hope is that anything that we prescribe, use in a prescriptive way, Hopefully, hopefully it's from Scripture and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are guiding us as as we discuss that. Do you have any thoughts about descriptive versus prescriptive? You know, we're just sharing with everyone what we have experienced, how we are living out, what we feel like Scripture has asked us to do. The only things that we definitely want people to follow is not necessarily doing things the way we explain them, but Unless it's scripture saying, I want you to walk this way. I want you to obey these commands. And then I think we all need to be on the same page about this is something we need to obey together as believers. So the topic of today's 
episode, the even the title of today's episode, is describing this idea that today's success does not guarantee future success. Nina, when you think of that, what what comes to mind for you? Why is it that today's success doesn't guarantee future success? I think one of the big reasons would be that we can't control other human beings' actions. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's important. Like, everybody heard that. But you know what? Sometimes we try. Oh, yeah. And, And then other times, like... Those humans that we're trying to control are just <laughs> uncontrollable, right? And so I, I agree with you, but it, it's very interesting. This this whole topic seems like there's these contradictory ideas. It's like we, we shouldn't try to control people, but we try. And then at the same time, like they're not controllable anyway. I'm sorry. I interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> keep keep going. You, you were going somewhere. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying that every human being and even those under our roof – little ones, you know, um, we are trying to guide them and direct their, their ways, but we cannot control any future actions that they're going to take. So we might be trying to guide them in a certain way today. And of course, we're trying to guide them towards what God wants, you know, and his, his will, not, not even their own ways, you know, we want them to say, hey, I want to follow God in his ways, but we can't control if they're going to actually do that or not. Something that we've been talking about is is this is not just a topic about um, parents and children. This is a, a topic about spouses. Yeah. I, I love you. I want to guide you well. I know you love me and want to guide me well, but when it ultimately comes down to something, we have to choose to submit to each other. We have to choose to think of the other first. And as we're walking through challenges, some days that's easier to do. And some days that's more challenging to do. And, you know, I, my, my human nature wants to take control over things. And sometimes that encroaches on the people in my life, but it really is a true blessing to know that, that God is the one who's in charge. I don't have to carry that burden. I don't have to do that alone. Yeah. I say that, you know, we're not in control of other people um, because we really aren't. We can't control someone else. I mean, we can try, but it's ultimately going to fail if, if we're, you know, like that kind of control isn't a healthy control. Can I, can I try to describe it a a different way? Like with our kids, we can, (laughs) we, we could force them to do certain things. Forcing somebody to do something and and actually addressing a hard issue with that person mm-hmm. is two separate things. So making our, our children pick up their toys, we can require them to do that, especially at this age where they still live with us, right? But that doesn't mean that forcing them to do that makes their heart want to serve and mm-hmm. their heart want to submit, even with the situation we face now. Those are two separate issues. That's Yeah, that's true. The heart, just like the parable of the two sons that... One oh, son said, I'll, I'll work, and then yes. didn't. And the other said, no, no, I'm not going to work, but then ended up working. Yeah, and so, yeah, I, I, it's definitely a heart issue. And that's why you can't control someone else, because they, they have to have a heart that's willing to serve someone else, to 
there's this surrendering that you talked about. And I think that that's what we want for our kids. That's what we want for us in our lives, that yes. we are, we live our life as, as surrendered, surrendering to the Lord and his, his desires and his plan and path for our life. But that doesn't come easily. Part of being able to do that is, is just being with Jesus mm-hmm. and sitting at his feet and letting him and his word just fill our hearts. Yeah. And, and you brought up um, a point that we heard um, <laughs> on Sunday is uh, when Mary and Martha were with Jesus. Jesus had come to their house. Martha was in charge of the house. She was wanting to serve and Mary was at the feet of Jesus. And something we learned that was really interesting to me is that the language that was used is Mary was continuing to be at the feet of Jesus. So it wasn't a a one-off, a one-time event, but this was a habit or a lifestyle that she had created. And because of her being with Jesus, that's what aligned her in the right direction. Martha wanted to come in and make her do something, right? <laughs> yes, Martha wanted to control was... the situation, yeah. but Mary was doing the right thing. And Jesus even said, Mary is choosing the right thing. I, I, I want to make sure though, that, that we just don't have this downer idea. You know, we say that today's success doesn't guarantee future success. What we want to encourage people is to labor today with the hope of a great future. You labor today directing yourself, your marriage, your entire family in the right direction. But I want to go to the opposite side of that as well. Your failures of today, today's failures don't guarantee future failures. Mm-hmm. And and maybe you are struggling with something in this moment and you have no idea how to overcome it. And I would recommend, um, I think it's prescriptive, like this is what scripture says, Go to the feet of Jesus and and let him reorient um, that direction in your life and your family's life. I would also, if if there is something you're struggling with today, I I can't stress enough community, be letting community come in and just support you and love on you too, because there's accountability and there's something really precious about being with a community of believers that are helping you do life well. But that's important if you are ready to open yourself, if you're ready to hear their counsel, if it's godly counsel. But, you know, we can uh, we can be in close physical proximity with people, but not really be spiritually and emotionally connected with those people. Mm. So just, just don't think about location as community. Think about mm. intentional life, um, meaningful life with other people. But one more time, today's success does not guarantee future success, but today's failures... Do not guarantee future failures. No matter where you're at, friend, if you are feel like you're on the good side right now, labor and work to keep maintaining those relationships and growing those relationships. But friend, if you're in a valley right now and it seems like all hope is lost, um, we want you to to know that God can turn around situations that seem, seem impossible. And in both situations, God is with us. He's walking with us through this through whatever whatever life has brought you wherever you are he doesn't leave us or forsake us scripture says so he is with you if you're in the valley he is with you walking with you through it if you're on the mountaintop right now he's there so babe we've alluded to how we want god's plan for our life and for our kids life to to guide us 
And I think something that's important is to, to go back to the words of Jesus where he informs us what's the greatest command in life. Would you mind reading from Matthew and then kind of give some background on, on why these verses are so meaningful for you? So Matthew 22, 36 through 37 says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Oh, and verse 38 too says, This is the great and first commandment. Jesus was actually quoting Deuteronomy 6. In Deuteronomy 6, it talks about as we are going and as we are doing life, we need to be teaching our kids to love the Lord with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength that we are supposed to be doing that, but teaching our kids how to do that. If we're walking, if we're sitting, whatever we are doing, that that should just be a part of what we do in life. And so I've just really, that's just been such a great reminder for me that that's what I want to be doing for our family Um as a reminder for myself and for our kids that everything that we do should be with him in mind and with what what he desires out of us, not not just our own selfishness. When I hear you speak about this, and as we've talked about this in the past, what this sounds like to me is an infiltration of God coming into everyday life. Because Deuteronomy 6 talks about the standing up and the sitting down. And, you know, if I could insert something in our life when we sit at the kitchen table and when we drive in the big van that we drive around. (laughs) And how do we make God center and focal in all aspects of life? We're saying these things knowing that this is our goal and we know where we want to direct our family and our kids. But like we've already mentioned, they have to make a decision to continue in their in their relationship and their obedience to, to Christ. So we're establishing a baseline of, of Christ-centeredness, putting God in all aspects of life. That's that's our desire, that's our goal. We hope that those efforts and and the guidance we provide today have a long-lasting impact. I, I want to kind of take some deviations though of of how we may be or how some families may be living out life. I'm describing these concepts as cultural Christian parenting versus true Christ-like Christian parenting. So cultural Christianity might be impacting your parenting, your your relationship. If, if you would say something like to your child, you're a Christian because we go to church on Christmas and Easter. And so you're associating an, an event at specific times of the year, and that equates to identity in Christ. Um, something else I think would be very, um, I'd be cautious if, if you say this, or I've heard somebody say this, you're a Christian because our family is Christian, or maybe you're a Christian because you read your Bible and pray. If that's how we're parenting and that's, or maybe that's not even what we intended to say, but if that's what our kids are hearing us say, it's very possible that the baseline of where we want to take our family is, is not on the right track and not in the right direction. And you know, this is this is basically unfounded identity. True identity in Christ is surrender to Christ as Lord and Savior of our life, making him our forever king, our forever boss. But if we're speaking in ways where our kids think that they are Christian because of what worship service they go to, or they're Christian because we're Christian, or maybe just because of the things they do, that's that's unfounded identity and possibly false conversion. And what I mean by that is 
There's no real change. They've not been converted from an old way of life to a new way of life. Thoughts on that, babe? We don't want to be cultural. We want to be Mm Christ-centered. And so anything that the culture is saying may not be what the Bible is actually saying. And so we just really have to be discerning in what is cultural and what is biblical. And this is an important distinction because we look at the world and we go, well, we're not that. But then sometimes we have to be really cautious about how the world has creeped in on what we call um, our faith, what we call um, Christianity. Perhaps um, in a context of a, a cultural Christian marriage, you might hear somebody say, well, I, I guess I'll become a Christian because you're one, maybe two people in a dating relationship. I don't know if many people would say this, but sometimes we live our life this way. I want Jesus to be my savior. I want him to fix all my problems. I want to uh, not go to, uh, you know, be eternal separation from God forever, but I don't want to give control up of my life. Perhaps in a cultural Christian marriage, another thing that you might think or, or hear is, I don't want to be as radical about Jesus as you are. You know, I want to just kind of be a, the the middle of the line type of Christian. I don't, I don't want to be radical. I don't want to look strange. But let, let's contrast that, that babe, you know, this cultural Christianity. Um, and hopefully if we see these things in our life, we know to, to find scripture to correct it. But let's look at some. Oh, go ahead. Well, I immediately thought about Revelation when you were talking about, I want to walk the middle of the line. You don't want to, you're not cold and you're not hot. And Jesus says that he's going to spit those people out that are lukewarm. I do think that we need to be careful that we're not just walking the line just to to be acceptable in the culture or, or even in a, in a Christian cultural way. I used air quotes that no one can see. I saw. Uh, you know, are, are we following Christ because he's our Lord and Savior and we, we just, we want to be with him and we want to walk our lives with him and obey what, what he has commanded us to do? Or are we just walking this life to look like we are Christians, if that makes sense? So are we are we pursuing relationship or are we pursuing religion? Mm, you know, yeah. the the religious line might not be the Christ line, and and we all need to evaluate that and see if our lives are are really pursuing Christ or or something else. Let's contrast that cultural parenting, that Christian cultural marriage, uh, maybe some of those ideas with with what maybe we're going to call today Christ like training, modeling, and guiding. How about we read some of these these um, excerpts of verses off? One that I think we need to start off with is everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's in Romans ten thirteen. And for me, the reason why this is important is I go back to those first few statements about cultural Christian parenting. Well, kid, you're a Christian because I'm a Christian. That's not what Scripture says. Scripture mm-hmm. says that you call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. It doesn't say well, you're a Christian because somebody else is Christian or because you go to church, you're Christian. It's this idea of calling on the name of the Lord, believing that that Jesus is Savior and Lord and, and turning our lives towards him. What other principles can we um, can we glean from scripture? Well, Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I think about 
how there's so many other things in this world we could be seeking. And sometimes we do seek over the over the Lord. And that can be in our parenting, our marriage, and our individual lives that we we don't always seek God first. But if we seek God first, it, it goes on to say that um, then all these things will be added onto you. Those things don't get added onto us because we're seeking those things first. Mm. You know, it's because we seek God in his kingdom. So it doesn't say seek first great parenting and then you'll receive the benefits of great parenting. Right. But, but I guess, you know what, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to struggle a little bit with this while we're recording the podcast. <laughs> um, if all these things are added to me, if I seek first the kingdom of God, then why might I have broken relationships with people? Why is it that my kids aren't, aren't pursuing Christ the way I desire them to? And and I think the best response I have is we have a responsibility to seek first the kingdom of God, but those people in our life that we desire to do mm. the same, they have the same responsibility mm. to seek first the kingdom of God. And so um, something that comes to mind, and it's connected to this, I need to love and obey Jesus regardless of what the results of my obedience is going to be. And... Um, I think that's a struggle. We hope and desire that when we seek the Lord, that means these positive things happen, but that's not always the case. Right. And the verses prior to that is speaking about being clothed and, and food. And I don't, I also don't think that that necessarily, like, I mean, we've seen God do some really amazing things and miracles. I, I, I think I agree with what you're saying is that when we, when we're seeking the Lord, it doesn't mean that other people in our life are doing the same. And mm-hmm. so it, but it is, it is kind of challenging to think through it. it it's not a uh, prosperity gospel though, that we live, that we're living, you know, it's not. Because there's the Beatitudes. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, blessed are the people that are having a really bad day because life is challenging and hard, but. Christ walks with us. And Jesus said that we'll even be persecuted. So there like we still live in a sinful world and so we're we have the effects of of sin around us and we still have to navigate through life, but we can choose for ourselves and for our marriage and for our and for our family while we have kids under our roof. This is what this is how we want to live out our life. Yeah. Another principle is Matthew 5:44. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Nina, you just spoke about the persecution. Sometimes it feels like the people in your home feel like enemies. You know, we we got kids and they get mad at each other. And there's the occasional running through the house upset or... uh, (laughs) Stomping to a bedroom. Stomping to a bedroom or escalated words. And you know what? We, We have to fight against that in our marriage relationship. We... We shouldn't look at each other as enemies. Like we are, we are on this, we need, we hope, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what verb I want to use. I, I hope that you and I will line up on the same page and realize that the enemy is e- evil. You know, enemy is Satan and he's coming to attack us. I want to be, I want to be on your side. I want to be shoulder to shoulder with you as we battle in the spiritual warfare. And even, and even with that, I'm thinking, you know, sometimes when I have thoughts, if I'm like irritated with you about something, if I go to the Lord and pray about it and just say, Lord, please help 
my attitude to change because it's it's my attitude about the situation that that actually needs the changing. It may not be something that you're actually doing. It might be the way I'm. I I might feel a certain way, but I need God to change me first. And and a lot of times, then I'm okay. Like there, I, there's not an issue mm-hmm. that needs to even be. There's no escalation from there because I've I've dealt with it in my heart. So the emotions are real, right? Yeah. But how we choose to live out or how we choose to respond to those internal triggers, that's that's really important. Do we do we let that temptation to aggressively respond uh, play out or do we choose to go to the Lord first and and reflect and seek his will on on our next steps? I think a lot of times it does. It just starts with a thought mm-hmm. or a negative thought. And we've got to take that thought captive quickly um, so that it doesn't start building into something that it doesn't even need to build into. Friend, if you are having those thoughts, that's from the enemy. Um, mm-hmm. That's from our sinful, selfish nature sometimes. Um and so the the discipline of taking thoughts captive is very important. It might be challenging at first because we're used to having a thought in doing certain um, steps, X, Y, and Z. Now we have to retrain ourselves with the power of the Holy Spirit to have a thought. Instead of doing X, Y, Z, we do something completely, totally different. And hopefully if you can get into God's word and, and let truth speak to you, with like battling those thoughts with God's truth, because that's that's our armor, mm. and so we that that's a great way to to battle a negative thought that you're having. So so read the next one because we've been talking about people getting beaten down. <laughs> what does Jesus say next? Well, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." I like that one. I, yeah, I was just thinking, you know. We can rest in him and he, you know, he, he's wa- walking right beside us with our, helping us carry our burdens. You know, we don't, we don't have to do it alone and we can let Jesus pick up part of that and, and walk alongside us to help alleviate the, that burden. And, and then just sitting at his feet like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast and, and letting him be our refuge, our strength, our just our everything, and letting him just fill us up with his goodness and faithfulness. I heard one time that this verse, because it also talks about taking um, Jesus's yoke, which is like the, uh, the wooden apparatus that was put across two oxen. And, and they said that, that Jesus really in, in first century um, um, Israel would have been the big ox that was training the little ox how to carry the burden. So the little ox thinks that they're carrying this big burden, <laughs> but really what's happening is Jesus as the one carrying the burden is making our load light and, mm-hmm. and easy. It feels heavy to us, but we don't realize how much he's really taking taking on our load. Mm. Uh, th- there are so many verses we want to we want to finish off with one more and this is found in John 14:13 through 14 whatever you ask in my name this i will do that my father may be glorified in the son if you ask me anything in my name i will do it and immediately i want to slap on a, a disclaimer um sticker asking in god's name for me means that you are asking things that align with god's will asking for things that give 
God, give Jesus the honor and glory that he deserves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a blank check just to ask for anything, but it's asking it in accordance to what God wants to provide in your life. And you know what? He he really does want to give us good things. He, he doesn't want to just give us these bad things. But yeah, where's our heart at in the asking? And is it, like you said, is it aligned with his will? So everything we've been talking about is how how are we going to build faithful families and then what's this what's the success after after we've done this we may, we may not see the results we actually wanted to see as we were parenting as our in our marriage right but I don't like that I, just <laughs> I don't, don't I, I don't like that I I my my flesh says if I do this then I should deserve. I mean that's what our that's what our our that's what our flesh says. If we do this God, then you got to show up in this way, but that's just not what happens. It's not all the time. You know, we don't always get to see the fruit of our labor in a successful way. However, should that stop us from laboring in our marriages as parents trying to teach our kids how to how to live their life for the Lord. We don't want to stop doing that. We want to we want to keep striving and working on building faithful families, building faithful marriages. And, and I know you would say this, working in in step with the Holy Spirit's guidance and actually working in the strength of God in our lives, not our own strength. Exactly. If you know, we can't do it just trying to white knuckle it. Do it on our own. You know, we can't because we're definitely going to fall really quickly if we try to do that. And we're going to get weary really quickly. We yeah. can't, We that's not sustainable, but definitely when we let the the work of the Holy Spirit come in and work in our lives through this and help us, give us wisdom and discernment. And that's that's the kind of working that we want God to do in our marriage and in our parenting is his his work through us not our own strength so as we as we think through that we first acknowledge that as true followers of jesus people that have been redeemed we have a new identity and that identity is found solely in jesus christ and his work on the cross his his death burial and resurrection now having said that we see other parts of scripture like we know who we are but we know what we still do. <laughs> um, you know, Paul talks about um, just battling between his flesh and his spirit. I acknowledge that that I've messed up in the past. Uh, unfortunately, I continue to mess up in the present, and I have a uh, general idea that I will continue to mess up in the future. Again, that that's not my identity. That's my that's my spiritual struggle, and unfortunately, that's true. So if that's true for me, then I acknowledge, Nina, that that's true for you. I acknowledge that that's true for our kiddos. And and we don't want them to live in that potential sin or that misdirection or whatever it may be. We don't want that for them. But we have taken steps where we start talking about really important issues in life. Um, We talk about sex, age-appropriate conversations with our kiddos. We talk about healthy relationships. We talk about what it means to protect our bodies as temple of the Lord. What else have we talked about? I mean, anger issues, um, how to deal with 
Future Con- relationships. Future relationships, conflict resolution, money management. And, and all of these things, because we see where we've maybe felt in our own life or we see where there are potential struggles in the futures for our kids, we want to have conversations today before the fact, knowing that that they're not as innocent as they may seem and they're not as um, perfect as people may think they are, that we have to have these conversations today so that they can be ready for the future. I agree. But it's it's pre-planning and it's having those important conversations. So parents, if you haven't talked to your kids about sexual relationships, if you haven't talked to them about drugs and alcohol, about money yet, don't assume that your child is too naive or too small to understand age-appropriate conversations about that. It's it's never too early to start talking to your kids and having that, developing that communication but with them about any of these things. But how we communicate with our youngest and our oldest is very different. Right. Yes, exactly. And even with kids at the same age, we might communicate things differently based on, on their struggles and personalities and, and how they live out life. In our relationship, Nina is more optimistic. I, I claim <laughs> realism. What I just said prior, I don't want that to be a, a defeatist or a defeated mentality. As a child of the one true God, mm-hmm. the tr- child of, of the living King, our identity is found in, in Christ Jesus. Yes. You need to know that. Remember that. That's, that's, you got to remember that. What I'm talking about is we start setting up um, expectations or we, you know, life lessons that we start presenting. Another aspect of this, especially in, in marriage relationships, we start to establish godly ground rules of engagement when those challenging times happen. So if you're having relationship issues with your spouse, if you've never communicated before in a, a really healthy way, it's going to be hard to establish those ground rules now while you're in the midst of the challenge and the conflict. If you haven't expressed expectations with your spouse, when you're blowing up at each other because expectations aren't being met, that's a really hard time to to establish the ground rules. Now, if you're their friend, work hard to establish the ground rules. But what I'm saying is the same thing applies to our kiddos. We need to be establishing these ground rules and these principles and these habits and these um, opportunities. opportunities to direct them towards Jesus now, even though we haven't hit the challenges yet. Because when they hit the challenges, they can remember what we've talked about in the past. I'd also like to add that I really feel like it's our responsibility as parents to be the main influencer in our kids' lives towards directing them towards Christ. It's like, it's not just the church needs to help my kids grow towards Christ. It's every day putting these things into place in our life and showing them how to live toward for Christ. And I know Nina's not saying those people aren't important in our life. Oh, definitely not. They, they are godly men and women who are, are loving on our kids, loving on our families. But I agree with you. Nina, we need to be the primary influence and then let the body of Christ come and encourage us and um, help strengthen us where we have weaknesses. But as adults, as parents, we need to be taking that that lead in our family. And just, I guess, another thing that I was trying to to point out is that it's not just a Sunday thing either. It's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and again on Sunday thing. 
and and we can let other people influence them as well. There's other believers that we want them to be poured poured into by, but because they're under our roof and because God has entrusted our children to us, we we really need to be the primary influencers in how they see God's word and how they see who God is. Maybe life's tough right now. Uh, maybe life's going well right now. But what we want to encourage you to do is is lean into Jesus, press into um, those challenging conversations like Mary did in, um, in the Bible that she sat at the feet of Jesus. She continued to be at his feet, learning from him and, and doing the good things um, by spending time and, and knowing him better. Lean into your spouse in, in that relationship you have. And if that's rocky rocky, <laughs> and rough, <laughs> um, lean in. Lean in and, and create that, that strong foundation with the hope of a, of a good future. Lean in and let Jesus do mm-hmm. some work. <laughs> I mean, we can do things like we've talked about before, but let's also let Jesus and the Holy Spirit do some work in our hearts as we as we're striving to to live our life for him one of the blessings of of doing this podcast is is nina and i have to process life and we have to work through and and think about well how have we done things in the past and and how might we want to change things today so that we can direct our kids into a a different future or a different direction and Admittedly, we, we just have to give it all over to Jesus. We we are stewards, I believe, of our families, that they have been entrusted to us for a time, and we get to pour into their lives. Um, but at some point in time, we will let them go. And like we've mentioned already, our, our hope and desire is that spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, they are ready to be the adult version of, of who God has created them to be. And that's what guides guides our parenting. As I think about my relationship with you, babe, I want to be developing a relationship that that continues to grow, that never gets stagnant. And realizing though that that if I put time and effort and energy today, that impacts the future. But it still means that in the future, I still have to put some more time, energy, and effort into it. I don't want to grow stagnant. I don't want to. I don't want to stop. I want to keep moving forward. And we want that for for all of you. We want you to have growth and see Christ move in your life and in the life of your spouse and the life of your family. And, you know, maybe at some point in time we can all gather together and just share these stories about how God is moving and how God's inspiring all of us to to build these faithful families. I would ask that you check out the, the email address in the description. We have a, a special email that, that we want to receive prayer requests from from you all we will pray and lift you up so feel free to send us prayer requests be as specific or or general as as you want to be but we want to lift you up and that be a part of our encouragement towards you as we build faithful families together i was just thinking as an encouragement as well that at the end of matthew 6 jesus also says don't be worried about tomorrow for tomorrow has its enough worries for itself and that um, just, you know, that Jesus himself is sufficient for all of our needs. And, and he, you know, we can, we, we can focus on today and what we need to do today to live our life for Christ. 
and for in our marriage and in our parenting, but that not to be worried about how how tomorrow is going to play out. Let's let's focus on on Jesus today, and and just being with Him today, and and let let tomorrow worry about itself. I think that's the perfect way to end. Uh, let's be like Mary and sit at the feet of Jesus, and He works it out. Thanks for listening today. Yeah, have, have, a, have a blessed day. Hey, that's well, what I was gonna say. I was gonna say it. Have <laughs> One, a great day. Two, oh, three. Have, have a, a blessed, blessed day. day. <laughs> We'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>